So these uh, three aspects, I started off the retreat with uh, um, bodily aspect, uh, sense of bodily presence. <clears throat> we can be aware of that. Sense of the, which gives us a feeling of where we are. Yeah. Then there's the heart aspect, which just gives us a sense of how, how we are. And we are with whatever. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the head aspect is what, what we're going to do about it. <laughs> you know, figure it out, point, direct, and of course the, we use our heads uh, to, because that's the thing you can most immediately affect. You can decide, stop doing this, do that. Uh, Look this way, don't look that way. Focus here, don't focus there. You know, that's what it's supposed to be doing. It's a doing thing. There's no harm in doing in a relevant and appropriate way. So it's appropriate attention, which means you. What is appropriate, which gives rise to skillful results, which doesn't. You know, so we have to know the sense of restraint, how to restrain the mind, how to. Encourage and exert the mind, focus here, keep going here, how to gladden the mind, how to encourage it, and how to also how to rest it. How to rest it so that it's not, so we can also take time out from doing. But that comes after we've done the others. So, you know, you do them. It doesn't mean it comes five years after you've done it, it means that as you're meditating, you've probably, you know, set up a boundary put some sense of this is where we are, restraining the mind, don't go outside the door, stay here, encourage, you know, put effort into it, get the sense of joyful work, like doing the gardening, you know, in a joyful way. This is going to be doing you good. And it's acting from a place of this is for my well-being, you know, getting rid of the weeds, cleaning, doing the gardening. And then there's a time when we sit back, feeling appreciation, feeling a sense of gladness, feeling a sense of refreshment, and a sense of resting in that. When you're resting, you can also start to review, hey, that wasn't necessary, that was just a thought, that passes, that changes. This is where the insight comes from that place of of rest. Insight is always the recognition of impermanent states, thoughts, feelings come and go, they're passing they're not They're not innate they're not myself, they're not central they're peripheral, they're transitory doesn't mean you can't, don't want to go to them doesn't mean you don't want to use them but it's like it's a relative thing and you get the priorities right so that instead of you being in the world and the world happening to you you being in the world Instead, it's the other way around. The world is in you. So you have a chance to, you, you know, to pick it up, to, to address it, to put it aside. You've got space that's not of the world. 
So what, and this is where we find out, and that quality, that sense of space, that sense of, of relief, rest, can then suffuse the whole system as long as it's connected. You know, so the connection of the head, the heart, the body. So we can do this with mindfulness of breathing because it flows through all of that. It has a bodily sense. It has an emotive, affective sense. The warming, uh, softening, quietening, calming. It has that emotive sense. It's also something that we can point to. We can direct ourselves towards. So it, it gathers the mind into a unity. Now, if we remember the, the where you are, how you are, what you're going to what's going to do. This is colloquial, obviously inaccurate. Uh, you know, not very technical, but it's sort of it's a nice working model. And the thing to remember: there's no no such thing as who you are. There's nothing that tells you who you are. Well, there is, but that's a delusion. There's where you are. Yeah, how you are, joyful, agitated, tired, whatever, challenged, and there's what what you're going to do, the kind of activities. There's nothing, there's no who you are. There's no need to know that. So when you get the sense of who you are, I am this, I am that, and the other, it's a distortion of what it is. The who you are is generally uh, uh, an activity. Or or a, a feeling of how I am. So I'm feeling frustrated, therefore who I am is an inadequate person. I'm feeling anxious, who I am is a confused person. I'm feeling happy, who I am is a wonderful person. <laughs> you know, you don't, these aren't statements, but they're kind of inferences. So you're having a good day, oh, great, confident, and then you, know, you become insensitive and lose balance. So whenever the big mistake is when how I am becomes who I am. Becomes a source for action. How you are has to be understood as this is the feeling, this is the perception, this is the state right now. Keep who I am out of the picture, let it be empty, let it be open, let it be undefined. It's it's easier that way. then you're not always kind of crashing and going up and going down or having multiple personalities, you know, because it's not just one who I am, there's dozens of them. And they generally are odds with each other. There's me being kind of, you know, misunderstood and nobody likes me and then me being wonderful and me being busy and me being this, that and the other, you know. And they're really, they're kind of how I am gone wrong. And where it goes wrong is because how I am isn't always something that uh, I've uh, I've come to terms with. So there's this sort of doing something about it comes up and it's a panic. How I am is is anxious. So therefore figure something out quick, give me an answer, give me a solution. So you get this kind of uh, going on. And And that in a way doesn't allow you to enter the sense of how I am, be with that where it is in the heart sense, be with that effect in the heart sense, 
very simple being with that breathing in breathing out may I be well may this be well may there be well-being here not snap out of it get over it but just mm. and as we do that coming into where is the the sense of in order to be with we have to establish presence Now, often the, 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 the confusions here are as we, when we either uh, interpret uh, a heart state from the head, that is, I'm feeling anxious, therefore do something about it, uh, you know, in, in a, in a do-it method, like get active, get busy. <clears throat> so it can be the case that when I'm feeling a bit fraught and overworked and anxious, I don't like that feeling, so I get busy to get away from that feeling. But being busy makes me feel anxious and fraught and overworked. Don't like that feeling, so I'd get busy in order to get away from the feeling. <laughs> so you get... You know? We try to bury ourselves in activity, or we try to do something, often well-meaning, you know, or well-intentioned, uh, to get away from that uncomfortable feeling of feeling vulnerable, feeling uh, uh, unnecessary, feeling you know mistrust. Maybe people don't like me, so therefore I'll do something to make it okay. Do something to earn my way. Do something to pay my keep. Do something so that I will be seen as okay and worthwhile. And a lot of this is this kind of paying off a debt that we don't owe repelling invaders who aren't coming our way, shooing the monsters out from under the bed who aren't there. But we don't actually go to that place of dis-ease, discomfort, uncertainty, you know, and establish what is necessary from the heart place. And what is necessary first thing that's necessary is your heart, you connect to the body, to the bodily sense. However I am, however, it, it, you know, however, whatever's happening to me, I'm here. Here I am. You know, that sense. So from there, some, you know, that's a benevolent act. That's an act of loving kindness. That's an act of well-being because you're connecting it. Then the stability Whatever I feel about myself or about other people or what, you know, what people think of me, whether I'm good enough, bad enough, whatever, should sort myself out. Here I am, boom. And that, connecting to that, you, you, you immediately gives you a sense of a stability that is not evading the issue, not suppressing the issue, but just giving you a place to stand with that issue, stand beside it. Mm-hmm. And without this sense of presence, what we do is we are either going to doing more about it or feeling more about it. You know? So how I am is anxious. Oh, really? Well, I... And then we feel some, some sadness about our anxiety. Then we feel a bit disappointed. We feel so sad. And then we feel... You know, well, um, you know, I mean, so, so you're going to kind of get reverberation effect of feeling and feeling about the feeling, of feeling how you feel about feeling the feeling, and then feeling how you feel about feeling the feeling, and so on and so on and so on. 
you know, and again, it's kind of reverberation. And it can go, you know, you can go a long way with all that. But it doesn't actually provide the release. And, you know, there's a, there's a kind of tendency in us to think, well, I don't want to just go into my head and think about my feeling, what I'm feeling, which is true. But you don't want to just go into the, into, you know, uh, reverberating with the feeling without some base, without some stable presence. So the ability to feel a feeling just as a feeling without making more out of it. This is the grief. This is the excitement. This is the confusion. It's like that means you have to have presence. And that's what we do when we connect to our body. So breathing in, breathing out through the heart. Feeling the sense of embodiment through the heart. So that's the bit that sometimes gets lost. Because it doesn't mean, you know, snap out of it, shut up and pull yourself together it means stand get find a standing place you know gain very colloquial expression beside that how where am i with that and what the appropriate kind of attention so sometimes we you know we might feel or, or get a intuition that you want to go right go right into it investigate, go right into it. That isn't always the best thing to do. You go into it and just get caught in the riptide. So you need to, in a way, say, well, I'm not in a hurry here. First of all, find the ground and see what it looks like from there, what the sense is from there, and just wait. See if it wants to come, see what it wants to do. Uh, so this is uh, uh, using another kind of way of looking at it. This is the act of faith. You know, we widen to a wider sense, the sense of presence, which is effective. Faith is it's, it's a heart sense, and it's, it's grounded in sense of presence. And we have faith, we bear faith with our unresolvedness. We stand in faith with our unresolvedness. Faith, again, you know, words are slippery. It's not a belief. It's not a, a hope. Something better will happen. <laughs> it's, the, it's the ability to be connected and spacious with no conclusion. And feeling the value uh, of that. Sense of something that's boundless sense to that. So this is, in a way, the uh, entry to the heart. In terms of Dhamma. One of the first things the Buddha himself said upon uh, arriving at the deer park to teach the first five disciples was, those who have ears to listen, those who can listen, bring forth your faith. <clears throat> yeah. It means find your presence, open up, be open, 
but it's not being uh, and b- b- the sense of stability and our, our, our innate there's an innate trust innate confidence somewhere in our hearts we lose it we get caught up we, we follow the wrong programs we're going to come back to that innate sense of basic trust in being here and keep coming back to that that's the heart resonance that goes along with presence and it's the uh, it's the entry to Dhamma first of the five what are called the five indriyas or support faculties faith energy mindfulness concentration and Wisdom, discernment, is five. And, you know, you can... Faith in the triple gem, faith in purity, the Buddha, purity, the joyful, the peaceful. There is this is possible. There is this transcendent in the human form. And then the qualities of the Dhamma, immediate, directly discernible, not delayed in time, not a thing of time, inviting one inward to see that which can be realized in oneself through wisdom, through the the wise faculties of wisdom. Faith is in this, practicing directly, practicing insightfully practicing with integrity these are the this is the textures of the triple gem The heart is a place of uh, perceptions and feelings, what we call immaterial feelings. That is not, not uh, sensory feelings, but immaterial feelings, such so as, uh, you know, the, the um, basically the sad or the happy, you know, and all those different categories of that fear, the courage, the joy, the depression. So it's an area of these feelings, an area of perceptions. Perceptions are felt meanings, such as uh, I feel funny or I feel um, confident. That's a perception, that's an impression. I feel helpful, I feel useless. That's an impression, that's a perception. And we carry these, and any one of these can come rolling to the surface dependent upon the buttons that get pushed. And, they, they, and then the, these are very powerful uh, agents for the heart. The perception, the impression, the contact impression, as I was saying the other night, you know, acts as then the, the, the lens through which we see and we create ourselves and the world. Feeling inadequate, therefore the world is a big place and I'm small. Feeling confident, the world is a breeze, I am big, you know. So, and then all kinds of intentions come out of that. So, perception, intention, 
these are these are there these are facts of heart what the heart deals with you can't exactly uh, establish an intention without some kind of supportive perception what do I mean I mean for example if we're practicing loving kindness you want that intention to be strong say the word loving kindness do it it's not going to happen is it but instead we create a perception of that which is lovable in others or we we establish a perception of that which suffers and sorrows in others we get some compassion starts to happen we establish a perception of uh, someone we admire or feel good about, feel generous towards, and that, that intention gets established. So you, you, you bring up these perceptions in your mind, a perception of the time someone was good to me. Ah. That establishes the perception. The, the perception is, is established of an act of generosity, of kindness and well-being coming this way. And then what happens? You know, heart sort of opens up, and instead of being in a place where I've got to keep doing and making and having and and this and that, suddenly I feel the quality of kindness and well-being. Start to work on that channel. Work on that that channel, and you do it through skillful perceptions. They trigger off mind states and intentions. Abiding well-being. When we consider every one of us from day one, even before day one, you know, before we actually came into into this external dimension, has been cared for. We could not have made it without the considerable care, attention, skillful intentions of other people. This is, of course, this may just be an idea, an idea that we indeed agree with, but you can't get it right now. So perhaps you've got to look at a particular memory of the time when you were sick, the time when you were crying, the time when you were, you know, small and helpless and somebody picked you up or whatever, you know. Because, of course, it's not all good news, is it? <laughs> when you look into memory, that's why appropriate attention, you go to the skillful memories, the skillful perceptions that are going to bring up the intentions and the mind states that support you. Be a bit selective in history. <laughs> because you're looking at skillful means. For, for generating this very much needed uh, experience of, of goodwill. This is what the heart can offer, isn't it? When it's healthy, it offers its, its ability to be loving and, and generous and how much we need and enjoy and are made whole by that. How much of our activities can actually gladly rest when we're not having to make and become and prove we're good enough. 
because we're experiencing that sense of, of well-being, love and belonging. So this is very important. I think as it's been noted and someone asked a question about continually, continual uh, sense for, for people is a sense of self-criticism or lowest self-esteem or inability to experience warmth than towards themselves. Maybe it's easier towards others. So why is that? Because our sense of who we are gets established on what we do. And who we are is a delusion. Very often it gets established on what we're doing our ability to do. And then you're caught up in performance and excellence and good marks and bad marks and we're running a race that nobody ever wins. Nobody ever wins the doing race. Nobody ever's done enough. Nobody's ever done good enough. You look at it, you know, you see athletes and We've just got to keep doing that bit more. There's this famous Italian mountaineer, Reinhold Messner, I think his name was. He's done all the, every peak over, you know, so many thousand, 8,000 or 10,000 meters he's climbed it, most, without oxygen, you know. Everest and Annapurna and all these other places and he says at times when he's actually come to a place where he's kind of like somewhere up a mountain 25,000 feet up bivouacked out on some incredible slope and he just feels he can't do it yeah the sense of inadequacy I think man you've already done it (laughs) I mean you know I mean climbing the South Downs is a challenge for me And yet you've got to keep, the, you know, I want to do it on one leg next time. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, the, the push to, to try and get... <laughs> These guys are driven, you know. And it's at an end. There isn't an end in the, in the realm of doing. This really is sangsara. <laughs> you know, when we're running on that treadmill, making it run faster. Doesn't mean that doing is 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 no doing, but you've got to make doing appropriate, not just a continual pathology to to get over the sense of not being good enough. We get to the source of the not being good enough, not having done enough, whatever it is, whatever field it is, in your job, in your relationships, in your meditation not having done good enough, you know, you get to that, that feeling in the heart. Bear presence with that. Remember, everybody has this. Everybody has this not good enough. Well, I can't say statistically everybody, but I tell you, plenty of other people. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't checked everybody out. Maybe the Buddha was okay, but like, there's a lot of people who are not good enough, who look pretty good to me, who are okay with me. You know, I don't expect them to be 
you know. But it would be terrible if somebody else was good enough, I'd feel even more inadequate. (laughs) (laughs) But that sense of it, you know, it doesn't mean we can't do anything to improve or to, to behave more correctly or but you're doing it from a place of, of confidence and, and uh, you yeah, know, well, let's try this and let's, this could be fun and enjoy this and let's develop this rather than, oh, I've got to make this work. It's a very different process. You get to that sense of, of that, the nagging, the guilt, the regret. What triggers it? The approval or disapproval of other people. Well, you know, Tell me about it. Is anybody going to be here who everybody completely approves of all the time? It's not going to happen, is it? So we feel that sense. I haven't done enough for my husband, wife, cousin, kids, you know, father, grandfather, the world, planet, the Sangha. This is, wow, so many people experiencing this who I really feel fond of and feel admirable people. And that's happening to me. That sense. That sense. It's the bare presence with that. And breathing through this tight place. This tight, fearful place. You're not even asking it to change, just being with that, breathing through it, feeling it. You're all right, it's okay to experience this. So you're just very gently coming towards these places, seeing, seeing if they'll, they'll respond. You're not saying, change it, go away, get out of my life, I want to feel confident. Just, no, there's room for you here too. And it's learning how... Just stand somewhere where that feeling knows it's being met, not being talked at. And so this is, is, is a this is a healing process. But we need that presence, the faith. It doesn't matter if it takes ten years, you know. And it's often slow. I was just considering the other the other year and suddenly I realised I haven't had beaten myself up for quite a while. I can't remember when I stopped doing it. That sort of inner tyrant hasn't paid a visit for quite a while now. You know, when did it go? It just got less and less often, less and less intense, less and less believed in. After a while I could almost feel it coming and just wait for the inner tyrant to come and start beating me up. So, here he comes. I've just done something. I've just given a talk, and now I'll give myself 20 seconds before I start complaining about all the things I did wrong in it. <laughs> didn't do, didn't say, got wrong. Count. Oh, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just getting used to that, that feeling. Oh, I should have said, oh, it's too long. Who do you think you are anyway? And, you know, you know, okay. and then... So it's like a figure you can feel coming in. Mm. And seeing, well, maybe it's something constructive that I could learn out of, perhaps, you know, I'm not saying everything I do is blameless, but it's 
started to meet that and and uh, bear presence with that as it moves through. And gradually it loses its in- intensity. And then you can actually take criticism and think, yeah, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. I don't feel wounded, crushed, dismissed, humiliated. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay, I'll address that. And it, it's not who I am. It's how I am. And my behavior can do with improvement. You know, I'm happy give me some tips. Fine. I don't see this as a comment on some ontological comment on my blotch on the planet, my blighted presence on the earth. <laughs> Just that everybody needs instruction, guidance from day one, and it can go on through your life, and that's rather wonderful. So then we can actually have intelligent uh, evaluation and recognition of that's better than that without making it into a pathology. So, you know, doing is important. How we behave is important. How we act is important. But it's got to come from the right place of encouragement and relevance. And for that, we need, we need to get the heart clear of its quaking and its, its shadows. Or at least to know a shadow for what it is. Yeah. To know, at least to know it for what it is. This is where the sense of uh, presence, present basic trust, basic faith, basic benevolence. So establishing skillful perceptions is a useful technique towards others. People you don't like, imagine them when they're ill. Oh, yeah. Imagine them when they're sleeping. Oh, yeah. Imagine them when they're playing with their dog. Oh, yeah. You know, so you don't just visualize them when they're being at their peak of their nastiness. So you just kind of round it out to a place where you can experience some sense of, okay, you know, he's re- yeah, he's a human being, yeah, fine. I don't want to have to deal with him close up, but I'm not going to get continually knotted up every time I think of him. You know, let him be. There's the uh, Buddha's advice to to uh, to Sariputta, the Arahant Sariputta, is it with the you know, it's rather like you go to a, a pond and you're looking for some fresh water. This pond is all kind of covered over with weeds and algae. So you sort of brush the weeds away to find a clear bit of water. Even then, you know, some ponds are pretty mucky. So you sort of, maybe you can just sweep enough of the muck and algae to get at least a handful of clean water. Yeah. And he said that even, you know, maybe this person is so, such a mess... <laughs> it's just like the only the amount of goodness you can get out of them is the amount of water you could get out of the the impression of a cow's hoof in the mud. <laughs> Very graphic. Still, that little bit of water—that's what you look at. You go for that little bit. There's he's much good. 
he hasn't committed genocide. (laughs) So I'll grant him that, you know. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's, and he does, you know, he does pat his dog or something. (laughs) So you focus on that piece, not to just, because you don't really want an impression of the person. That's, that's another issue. What you want is to not go into these kind of, you know, this tangle in the heart. So this isn't, you're not actually forming an, an analysis or a profile of the person, just clearing the heart so you can feel some sense of, I'm not going to cause this person, get this person to cause my heart to knot up. A lot of time it's the every, everyday little irritations of people invading your boundaries, people crashing in, people interrupting me when I'm talking, um, you know, and sharing courtrooms together, then so-and-so put his shoes in the wrong place, and I like it to be tidy, and it's so scruffy here. And why do they have to use the loo at two in the morning and flush the toilet? And these kinds of <laughs> I know they're being well but So... <laughs> Recognizing these places where we get, you know, agitated and then, uh, you know, okay, meaning well. So what is, uh, in terms of of action, then, you know, what's called skillful uh, clarification, you know, is is the time when you always got to skillfully clear things from a place of goodwill. So it's, you know, more like, you know, I know you're a meditator and, you know, you, you're, you're interested in, in calm and in dhamma. That's really, I really know that. And I think you'd really, probably being a person of honor and integrity, you really would like to know <laughs> the effect of <laughs> you flushing the loo at two in the morning has on other people. <laughs> You work on it. <laughs> because I don't want to, certainly don't want to be irritating people. You know, I do, it, I do it unconsciously. I don't set up to make life difficult for others by my unconsciousness. I do. So could you at least give me the benefit of the doubt that I'm not doing this deliberately? <laughs> Say, well, Ajahn, you know, I know you really mean well. It's great, but uh, this has this effect. Oh, okay, right. Oh, oh, really? Oh. Yeah. So then, you know, this is how we can make that. We're not dismissing that. Just let go. Let go, let go. Stop, shut up, watch your mind. No, you, you watch it to the point when that it's settled in your heart and then you can actually act from, from benevolence rather than irritation. So this is how these places integrate the body sense, the heart sense, and the head sense. So let's... um,